People complain about Taco Bell while Muslims in China are sent to concentration camps. Maybe Jesus needs to clear the temple again. I'm Michael Rett, and this is Authentic Christianity. Welcome to episode four of season two. Uh, wow, this has been some year. I haven't recorded since July. And, oh my gosh, what, I mean, for everything, you know, teaching, and now my school is remote. Luckily, we were not remote for, you know, from September until Thanksgiving. We were full day, five days a week, and we had no case. We had, I think, one case, and that was like the week before Thanksgiving. And now we've actually had a handful of cases of COVID since then. But we were doing very, very well for a long period of time. And we're planning on being back full-time five days a week, distancing, masking, shields, all that kind of stuff um, after the Christmas break is over. So um, perhaps some of you have seen the awful, awful, awful news. I mean, my goodness, how could anyone possibly – and I'm granted, you know, I have my comfort foods – you know, I love – you're going to may think I'm dorky, but I do like cauliflower pizza. I can't eat regular pizza because I'm gluten-free. You know, or, or there's things I like. You just, oh, you just want to eat because it's been an awful day or it's so cold out and, you know, it's everything and your kid woke you up or I don't know. And all the COVID stuff, of course, and the election. Still, there's lawsuits and – All right, so here is something that maybe you didn't know. So this started over the summer. Okay. So the Quesarito may – the burrito quesadilla combo. This was like in July of 2020. Um, They were going to take it off. Taco Bell was going to take it off their menu. All right. So it it was a rumor, I don't even know, but someone responded, and I don't even know who this person is, Autumn Johnson. They have a check by their name, so they must be somebody. Um, it says, follower of Christ, attorney, views are my own, and they will disappoint you. So <laughs> this person is a Christian. Okay. It says, at Taco Bell, we've suffered enough this year. Please don't get rid of the quesarito. She might be a lawyer, so she might be suing Taco Bell. I don't know. One user put it, uh, Taco Bell discontinuing potatoes and the quesaritos officially cemented this year as the worst. Yeah, the worst. You know, um, <laughs> I can think of a lot of worse years. You know, maybe when slavery existed. Maybe 100 years ago, the Spanish flip, you know. Th- this has been a bad year. No, I, I know it has. Um, we, we know that. Um, all the people dying from COVID. And I'm not getting into COVID um, or con- in terms of conspiracy, masking, not masking, vaccines. Um, here's another uh, user. First, it came for the Power Burrito, and I said nothing. For I did not order the Power Burrito. Added another. Now they come for the Quesarito, and there's no one left to speak for me. So I, I actually don't know what happened with that. Because I was like, all right, you know. Then in September, this is like two months ago now. Thousands of this is a Newsweek article. Thousands of Taco Bell fans signed a petition to keep Mexican pizza on the menu. 
I do not eat a Taco Bell. I've not had Taco Bell since high school. Actually, my freshman year of college. My friends would all go to Taco Bell. They loved it. Oh, my God, they loved it. We would drive there. We'd go through the drive-thru. Union, New Jersey, Route 22. I remember it. it was the closest one. They would get whatever, and I just, you know, I would get, like, uh, cinnamon crisps or whatever the little thing because I didn't like that kind of stuff. And then one weekend, like, I tried it, and I went nuts, and I ate it, like, five times in two days, and that was it. I like a nice taco now and then, but I was like, I can't do Taco Bell anymore. Um, so I understand it. Um, I, I, you know, so, you know, so they they removed Nacho Supreme, the beefy Fritos burrito. Um, we're constantly evaluating ways to improve our restaurant, said Mike Grams, the president. We've begun to see progress from streamlining our menu. We know fans will be understandably sad to see some of their favorites go. This evolution of our menu truly paves the way for fresh new ideas. The creativity and innovation in our kitchen hasn't slowed down at all. We look forward, blah, blah, blah. So the Mexican pizza, getting rid of that, they had a petition. This was in September. um, Had 13,500 signatures. Item loved by many, especially the South Asian community. Losing this item, I'm sorry, that is a little ironic because Mexican pizza, you'd think who, they call it the Mexican pizza. And I'm sure people who are of Mexican descent would be like, yeah, right. This is not real Mexican, you know, delicacy. Um, So I I don't understand why necessarily that community likes it so much. I might be missing something. Please band together, show support, save Mexican pizza. So this one user... Please, at Taco Bell, bring back Mexican pizza and spicy potato soft taco. I'm asking you nicely first. This Twitter user is Dr. F, fully spelled out. Um, yeah, not um, – that's not real nice. Um, somebody else, I don't know. This, some comedian, Bert Kreischer. Um, I don't know who he is. And, I, and I'm not mocking any particular person who's tweeting this. I'm just pointing out who's tweeting it. Please retweet this. That's all in caps. If you think at Taco Bell is making a mistake by canceling – the Mexican pizza with enough RTs, maybe we can stop this. RT means retweet for those people who are not tech savvy. They have until November fifth. All right, so <sighs> the stuff we get mad at. If there is any kind of privilege in America, it's stuff like this. Um, there's a group of people in China called the Ouijers. Who are the Ouijers? They are an Islamic minority in China. They live in autonomous northwestern Xinjiang province. Again, predominantly Muslim. They're actually closer ethically, and this is a Fox News article, and culturally to other Central Asian nations like nations like Kazakhstan and Turkmenistan rather than China. Uyghurs lived in the Xinjiang region for around a thousand years before it was annexed by China in the mid 18th century. Um, they were infamous, uh, the trade, the infamous Silk Road. If you want to know where culture started really meshing different cultures, it was the Silk Road. Um, they briefly had independence in 1933, and then the communists take over in China eventually. So there are about 11 million Uyghurs um, in Xinjiang province right now, it's about 60% of the region. And there is a huge um, amount of tension between them and the ethnic Chinese. 
So there were terrorist attacks in the 2010s. So China began a crackdown on that region. region. Now, we don't know if the Uyghurs were responsible for those terrorist attacks, um, but China began to crack down on them. And, and we know, you know, you live in the States, you know that after like even 9-11, for example, um, people started, you know, being much more biased against, you know, and racist towards Muslims just because they made a connection that should not have been made. I mean, just because you're a Muslim doesn't mean you are a terrorist. Just because you are German doesn't mean you're a freak, you know, a freaking Nazi. Just because you're a Christian doesn't mean you hate everyone, which, you know, there's this idea that Christians are haters, which, my gosh, so far from the truth, you know, or just because you're X doesn't mean you're Y. Just because you have a dog and Hitler have a dog doesn't mean you're Hitler, all right? Or just because you're a Republican or Democrat doesn't mean you're, you know, whatever you are. Um, So about 1 million Ouijers were thrown into concentration camps without charges or a trial. So they were condemned internationally. And so why do we still have a relationship like this with China? That's both Republicans and Democrats. Like, really? China, all their human rights abuses? We do it with Saudi Arabia, too. Because, you know, and other nations as well. And, you know, there might be, there's political advantages to it. But, you know, um, China says that they're, quote, vocational centers. You're right. Um, so the U.S. Congress has actually introduced two bills at sanctioning individuals responsible for detention of the Ouijers. So, um, again, I don't know if any Ouijers um, committed any terrorist attacks. But as of right now, with one million thrown in concentration camps without a trial, now I, I would assume that because they are in a Chinese province, I, I don't know what Chinese laws are with uh, with trials or not. I'm assuming they're not as like um, like with American, we have a right to trial because China is a, a communist country. Um, but they've used forced birth control on the Ouijers. They have forced them to shave their heads, which is against their religion, and women have been abused at these camps, which are really internment camps. Um, so that's, that's a couple of things of what's going on. We got Taco Bell and we got the Ouija's. Um, and again, I'm taking Taco Bell with a bit of grain of salt. I understand, but I'm just, I'm not condemning anyone for liking Taco Bell. Uh, I'm just kind of making a comparison of stuff that's really going on in the world. And, you know, I actually think about this a lot, you know, when I'm at home, you know, and I'm exhausted after a long day of work and whatnot. And I just want to crash, you know, and I have a three-year-old and I want to play with him too. So I know sometimes if I'm like doing stuff and I'm just playing with him, that I need to pour into him, of course, and my, and my wife. And so I don't mean that, but I'm just, you know, and I, and I, we need to veg out sometimes. And I love my football. I love football. Washington. I'm a big teams fan, the Washington football team. Big upset on the Steelers last night. Awesome. It was so cool. Actually, got you know, it was something kind of nice. And um, but there's times I'm like, what am I doing? I'm sitting here, and it could be something more productive. And now I'm podcasting I'm on my podcast. That's something productive. Something is on my heart. I want to do. God gives us passions, things that are on our hearts that we love for a reason. It doesn't mean He wants us to work as a stock, you know, some menial job for the rest of our lives. We have passions for a reason, pursue them. So um, so the verses I'm going to bring to you today 
are the parable of the ten virgins. So the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps, went to meet the bridegroom. So it used to be the you know the virgins, uh, the, the, they would go and meet their husbands. However, that worked in this in this day and age. They would take a lamp, they'd go to find them. So five of them took oil. Um, five of them did not take oil. Obviously, the wise ones were the ones who took oil. So the bridegroom was delayed. The bridegroom is Jesus, by the way. They all fell asleep. And at midnight, there was a cry, here is the bridegroom. Come out to meet him. All the virgins rose up. Ten of them, they trimmed their lamps. So they turned their lamps on. And the wise ones, they turned their lamps on because they had enough oil. And the foolish ones did not have enough oil. So the foolish ones had to go away. And they missed the bridegroom. Because they were smart. They did, you know, they were smart. They planned. They, they, they looked ahead. They didn't just kind of let life come at them. I don't even know what my connection was initially to this as I, as I was planning. But I think, <laughs> I think um, my point being, God wants to spend time with us. And sometimes it is just fun things. God's with us all the time. And it is sometimes like having a meal um, you know, we just have Thanksgiving and, and, and maybe it is just spending time with your friends at like a Taco Bell, you know, but God wants to get to know us. We're spiritual beings. He, there's important things, you know, he wants to you know, put on our hearts. And, and I think this is one of them just to be, what are we focusing on? Are we focusing on, you know, trying to better ourselves, becoming more holistic? Some Christians may balk at that word holistic just means wholeness, becoming more whole people, more whole Christians, because God wants to heal us from things. God wants to spend time with us. And and when we avoid and we just focus on these kind of really menial things like too much television, you know, Taco Bell, um, gossip, like, I don't know, whatever, whatever those kind of vice, you know, some of those things are that really just are, are kind of dumb, all the, all the hours we spend scrolling through social media. Um, and again, me guilty too. Instead of like preparing you know, and doing things that are worthwhile, like, you know, having enough oil, like in the parable. Um, Because I think God's trying to get our attention. And he has been since this pandemic started. Whether you think it was man-made or not, whether you think it was unleashed on purpose or not, God works through all things. With the devil intended for ill, God will use for good. It says that in the Bible. The Bible is true. God wants to use this time for good in each of us. And so, you know, how do you spend time with God? You go onto a website like BibleGateway.com if you don't have a Bible and you read some Bible verses or if you have a Bible at home. I think most of many of us do. If you're listening, you're not a Christian. I think if you're a Christian, you prob- probably have several of them. Um, and if you don't, you go to a website like BibleGateway.com and you can read about it and that's where I go to, to look up information as well. You take a lunch break. You just take a walk. There's not just one way to kind of have a relationship with God. It's not like you have to sit. I used to you have to sit there and I have to read so many verses for so many. Am I done yet? You check your watch. No, you just just spend time with them because God created like everything that's out there. I'm looking outside right now. It's a beautiful blue sky. You know, it's a beautiful day. It's really cold out because it's November, but um, it's a beautiful day. Um, you know, or pray more. I mean, Jesus prayed. Actually, pr- prayer has been the strongest thing for me 
since the pandemic began, I pray every, pretty much every night, you know, with my wife and, and my three-year-old. And, you know, and he prays once in a while too. And he'll tell us, who do you want to pray for? And pray for Jesus because <laughs> we pray in Jesus' name. So that's what he'll say. And, um, but, but sometimes he'll mention other people too. And we'll, and we'll pray for them, like our neighbors, our friends, his friends specifically. You know, you can write a prayer. You can write it out, write it down, or read a psalm each day in the Bible. You can, you know, use a journal or just listen. Just stop and listen. Sit, you know, sit in silence. Um, posturing, allow your body to reflect your heart, bow low in humility. Where did I get in humility before God? You can get on your knees in prayer, hold your hands up. There's, there's no, you know, there's no one way. And just, just get, be honest with God. Let go of all your old ideas, how you should approach God. And some of them are true, but just, there isn't whatever, whatever unique, how your unique person. There's no one else like you. God created you and you're unique. Be unique in how you approach God too. Artwork, photography. So this is what God is calling us to do through, obviously through Christ. He wants to reconcile us through Christ. God wants us to know Jesus as Lord and Savior. He wants us to accept him as Lord and Savior that is where we find healing. That is, yes, we're he- we get to heaven, but we find, you know, eternal life doesn't start when we die. We're in eternal life right now. Where do you want to continue eternal life when your earthly body does die? That's the question that Jesus answers. So you say yes to Jesus. But he also wants to bring healing now, give us a full life now. And what does a full life mean? doesn't necessarily mean you get every single thing you want, for, of course, but... It just means, I think it means finding healing um, for all of our vices and whatnot, and there there are many. So God is calling us to this right now. It's not like I think. It's kind of like, yeah, I know. I'm not going to say I know what God is thinking. I'm not going to be arrogant that way. But to bring this back around, God has been very, well, he's very patient. We know that. You read about Sodom and Gomorrah, how patient he was. Until he destroyed, you know, before he destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. He's very patient. But when is he coming back? We don't know. Like with the ten virgins. Now that was direct to Christ. That's when, when is Jesus coming back? We don't know. But when is God going to act on a certain thing and maybe remove some of the liberties and freedoms we have in America? I mean, we have lost some of them. And I don't just mean due to COVID and quarantines. So let me, let me close with this. It's in John 2, 13 to 22. Actually, it's really just 13 to 17. When it was almost time for the Jewish Passover, Jesus went to Jerusalem. And the temple courts So the temple was sacred, man, sacred place. It's like, you know, it's like, you know, it's like your church where the Jews, they would go, they worship in the temple. They pray in the temple. They learn in the temple. We, we go to a church. You go to, a, you know, or your church looks like. Maybe it's a house church, but maybe it's it's someplace that would be considered holy. You know, Americans would be like, you, you, you do something bad to the temple, it'd be like spitting on the flag or slapping a soldier. Um, desecrating a cross. 
That's how we might look at it today. So in the temple courts, Jesus found people selling cattle, sheep, doves, others exchanging money. So they had really desecrated the temple. It's God's, you know, it's not God, sacred to God. So Jesus made a whip out of cords. So he whipped, he started whipping people and drove them from the temple courts. Both sheep and cattle scattered the coins of the money changers, overturned their tables to those who sold doves. And you think doves, a peaceful animal. No, those who sold doves said, get these out of here. Stop turning my father's house into a market. Have we turned our lives into a market? Where we're concerned more about Taco Bell and what people say on social media? If they like us or like our posts or gossiping about stuff or even, yeah, are we more too involved even with politics? Then focusing on God and then letting things stem from there and praying and reading our Bibles and fellowshipping with each other, talking with one another, talking about what's in the Bible and what God is doing going on, witnessing to people, praying for boldness so we can be a light to this darkness right now. Because this world is very, in America, is very dark right now. I mean, we're not in concentration camps. Like, th- thank God, like the Ouija's in, in China. Or other areas across the world where there's much more sex trafficking or human trafficking. There is, there, there is stuff in America that, that's really, really dark. You know, we got like cults of any kinds. And there's still sex trafficking, human trafficking in, in the States. But the darkness that people are just having where we're depressed, we're anxious, we're suicidal because of the quarantine. People have lost their jobs, their businesses, their whole livelihoods. Oh, we're focused on Taco Bell? And the dumb things people are saying, well, President Trump did they, you know, it's like, no, they stole the, the election for president. Like, give me a freaking break, people. I know this election is important. And maybe I'm being a little over the top with, with this because this election is, is really important. And I want honesty in the election. So don't misinterpret. Don't misinterpret what I'm saying. I want this. This needs to be, we need to have honest elections. We need to trust our democracy. Democracy, you know, gift from God. I, I do believe that because we have freedom and freedom of religion. But the arguments people get in over it is my point. That, oh, of course, President Trump is wrong. And you just start yelling at someone because of what they believe politically. Uh -uh. Uh-uh. That's why Jesus said, give to Caesars what is Caesars. Give to God what is God's. He didn't say, don't be involved in politics or aware of it. He said, I think he's just saying, don't get involved in these dumb arguments. So is Jesus going to start clearing the temple again? Of our own lives? Hmm? Of our country? Of our world? I don't know. Prophecy, I'm not even getting into prophecy because, you know, time for that one, and I'm still looking into it myself. The vaccine is the the one world government. I I don't know. Seriously. Not my point. Where are you with God? Where are you with Jesus? Is he your Lord and Savior? It's not. You need him. You need him. And he wants, that's the thing. He wants you too. He wants to be involved in your life. He wants to come sit and, you know, just knock the doors open, all the, the things some of you may have heard. 
I will come and I will sit and I will eat with them. I will be with them. I will dwell in them in the Holy Spirit. That's what each of you needs to do. That, that, that's what God is, you know, that's where he's calling each of us. If you're already a Christian, to go out and be bold and, and express that to other people, to pray, 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 pray for people, pray for boldness when you pray for these people and God will bring them into your life and you will have the boldness. So like at school to go up and be like, you don't seem okay today. What is going on? And then I have a student who tells me something very, very serious happening in his or her life. I don't, I want to be, I don't want to even give a hint of male or female. And I'm kind of like, oh, well, we, you need to speak with someone. I wouldn't have done that if I hadn't prayed for that boldness. And then people start coming to you. Why, why, can, why doesn't God use me more? What's your prayer life like? Not meant to shame anyone either, but to start whatever. Just start praying for like stuff like boldness and, and things will just start changing. Pray for God. I need someone. You know, there needs to be someone. In my, and I, boldness to go speak to my friend Doc, who teaches here. I'll mention his name. Doc Salome. Become my boy. Sorry, just got a tweet. And then we sit and we talk. One of the most honest, forthcoming people, and I could someone I can really be vulnerable to. Don't don't get to the point where Jesus has to clear out the temple. In the sense of where your life is just going to be so torn apart. You might have to get to that point. Sometimes he breaks us down that completely. But if it does get to that point, you can rebuild it. God will rebuild your heart. Rebuild your life around him. Dear God, each person listening to this, meet each person listening to this, hearing this where they're at. So they have the will and the desire to know you more, to know you more deeply, to understand you more, the role you play in their lives, how much you love them, how much you want to bring healing to them, how much you want to save them, give them full life, eternal life. Or take them further in their relationship with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to this episode of Authentic Christianity. My name is Michael Rett. I really hope you enjoyed it. Please spread the word. It's pretty incredible. I mean, it's, I know it's not a lot, but 700 and some odd people have listened to my like episodes overall. And I just think that, you know, that many people, whether they're unique or not, you know, you're thinking I have something to offer you and I really, really appreciate it. So please spread the word and I look forward to talking to you again soon. Thank you. Honestly, Christians just need to chill out. I'm Michael Rett, and this is Authentic Christianity. Hey everyone, thank you for joining me today on this episode of Authentic Christianity. Listen, I need you guys to all do me a favor. I need you to find me on Facebook if you're not already a part of the Authentic Christianity Facebook group. I need you to find my Instagram, Michael Rett. I need you to start following me. 
Start telling your friends, start spreading the word, sharing these podcasts once you get them. You know, we can build this audience. A lot of things I want to say. I always, I always try to be honest. You know that. I always try to be transparent, authentic, really. Just the name of this. That's the name of this podcast. So I think it's important. And I hope you guys do too. And I really hope you guys will spread the word about this. I really appreciate it. Let me start off with a little story. I was at um, listening to a youth speaker, um, a friend of mine. We were there. We were, were leaders. And um, at the end, you know, it's high school, middle school. And the, the speaker says, does anyone have any questions? And my friend sitting next to me says, under his breath, kind of hushed. He's like, someone, come on, somebody ask a question. And this is not a shot at my friend. This This dude's a legit dude. And I'm like, man, that's not it. That's not it. You know, it's okay if one of these kids doesn't ask a question. You know, it's, why are we trying to hallmark it? That, that's kind of what I, th- I think about it. You know, we're going to tell you the exact message. Sorry, that came out wrong. We're going to line it all up for you, ABC. It's like, okay, we're at the end now. And um, who's ready to come up? And here's the bridge analogy. And one, two, three, everybody accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And not, you know, if you try to just force that message as the only message all the time, sometimes it's ad nauseum and we get, ugh. I'm not opposed to altar calls. I've seen many. They can be very powerful. So please don't misunderstand me, which some people probably will anyway. I'll probably get, you know, maybe get ridiculed on social media. Hey, do that too. Ridicule me on social media. Negative attention gets, you know, more likes, right? So my point being, there's this idea that Christianity, cultural Christianity, looks a certain way. And in many ways, it's antithetical to what true Christianity is. So... If you're familiar, I'm going to talk about the arts a little bit. All the arts, um, film and music right now. Um, and they'll talk about what Jesus really is and how he really related to people. Because Jesus was cool. He hung out. You know, and he followed God. He wasn't so anal retentive like a lot of Christians can be. So there's this website called Common Sense Media, which I think a lot of Christians use. Similar to IMDb, where you can there's like parental advisory um, section, and you want to see what you know. Can I show this film to my kid? Stuff like that. So there's this movie Sing, which many you know some of you may have seen. I like it. It's about it's a music contest. It's animals. It's like a Pixar kind of thing. And there's this one character who's a gorilla, and his dad. So the dad gorilla is in a band with other gorillas, and their band a gang. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so they're going to rob something. So dad gorilla and the other gang gorillas want son gorilla to drive the getaway car. But son gorilla bails and goes to this music contest. So if you just read the review, like, don't watch this film. What a horrible message to send to kids. I'm sure this is exactly what the person sounded like too, writing it. Or it just, you know, what kind of father would have his fun being a gang? Something like that. If you watch the whole film, home now now when the dad finds out he's like this isn't you're no son of mine and dad goes to jail dad ends up seeing his son singing on the tv escapes prison okay 
finds his son, I'm proud of you, son. There was redemption. That That's a story. You think of all your favorite films and and books and plays and some song. I mean, there's redemption. There's an, there's an obstacle, a conflict. A lot of Christian stuff doesn't have that. Or the conflict is too easy. Battling sin and you overcome it. It's not life. Jesus talked about like lust and like the love of money. And I think Christians, some, some have gone okay with it. I mean, fireproof is okay. And I do admire Kirk Cameron for flying in his wife and kissing, only not kissing his on screen wife, but kissing his real life wife at the end in silhouette. Initially I didn't, but I admire that now. The worst film I've ever seen. And Christian, no sing now. But be okay with a film like this film called Time Changer. Came out in 2002. It is literally the worst film I've ever seen. I don't care if you call it Christian film, whatever kind of film. The worst acting, the worst writing. <sighs> I know Christian films struggled with to, to, to um, have budgets and whatnot. Something gotten better. I mean, I can only imagine it's really good. And that movie about the singer whose wife, his first wife, you know, he married, she got cured of cancer and then they got married and then she got cancer again. Like that, that, that's a really good film too. I'm sorry. I'm forgetting the name of that one. I think it's about the mercy me singer. That could be, I can only imagine. I don't even remember. Um, so this movie time changer, actually Paul Rodriguez is in it. Who's very well known Mexican American comedian. The premise is really cool. It starts off in 1890 with these like pastors talking and the one pastor is like, you can't teach, you can't teach morality outside of Jesus, outside of Christ. If you do that, you're losing the root of it. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good point. That's kind of cool. Right. And other pastors like, no, if, if we just teach morality, we can get more people into the church. Maybe that's like what secret friendly churches do. I don't know. Or like you teach prosperity gospel to get more people into the church and churches. I'm not again, I mean, marketing, I mean, it's Christmas time now, you know, Jesus wasn't born now. He was born in like the spring or like early spring, not December, but the pagan festival was in December. So the church has it now. So it's all marketing's good. Not being authentic is bad. Wait, being inauthentic is bad. So yeah, yeah. All right. So, this, this pastor, he travels from 1890 to the, to the present and it, everything that he was worried about, concern, you teach morality outside of Jesus, you know? And so it's a cool idea, but the movie just stinks, man. And I saw a post for it on Instagram. So I love this movie. I'm like, how could you like this movie? And I, I get it, man. God can work through anything. I mean, to Balaam's ass, you could talk through a donkey. It just, just wasn't done well. I know I'm ranting a little bit. But again, let me let me say again, Jesus talked about real things that were concerning people. He connected with people on their level. He wasn't saying, it's like writing the, it's like trying to fit it all into a prescribed ending as opposed to letting it develop organically. That's exactly what it is. You know, Jesus, as I said, talked about money. He talked about debt. He talked, he talked to people about their jobs, you know, fishermen or agriculture. If he was here today, he'd talk about like 
social media and he'd talk about like people working in the financial sector. He'd talk about, I think, you know, nonprofit profits. He'd talk about the environment and whatever we're doing. And I'm sure he'd still talk about money. Yeah. And lust because those things are consistent. So that's where we Christians need to be real. I remember, and I, I give churches a lot of credit over the past, you know, 15, 20 years, they have started talking about issues like pornography and debt. I remember when liquid talked about pornography and they would talk about like masturbation and it's kind of like, Oh my gosh, how can you say that word in church? You know, could you imagine? How about this? If there was an LGBT character in a Christian film. This stuff, it, it gets me mad. You know, I know I don't sound really mad right now, but it, it does when I see bad. I, I've shared this story, I think, on here. I saw this awful play on my old churches and after we left and I just like flipped out in the car, not like literally, but I just like started shaking the steering wheel because I was so mad and my fiance was with me or maybe we were married at the time. I think we were married and I was just like, give me a second. And I just was like, because I was so angry. Anger is a map. It directs you to ask the question, why am I angry? Something's being done poorly it's a poor representation of jesus you know if you guys are familiar with the band fit switchfoot they are christians um the front man john foreman he's actually a pastor's kid and um he said back when you know when they were forming they're still together now they actually just released a new album this year about like hope and love oh they mentioned jesus i don't know i haven't listened to it so he said back is back in 2004 they asked him about being a quote-unquote Christian band. And he said, to be honest, this question grieves me because I feel that it represents a much bigger issue than simply a couple of Switchfoot tunes. In true Socratic form, let me ask you a few questions. Does Lewis or Tolkien mention Christ in any of their fictional series? Are box sonatas Christian? What is more Christ-like, feeding the poor, making furniture, cleaning bathrooms, or painting a sunset? There is a schism between the sacred and secular in all of our modern minds. I'm going to read that last line again. There is a schism between the sacred and the secular in all of our modern minds. The view that a pastor is more, quote, Christian than a volleyball coach is flawed and heretical. The stance a worship leader is more spiritual than a janitor is condescending and flawed. These different callings and purposes further demonstrates God's sovereignty. And some Christians write songs and some Christians are janitors and some Christians have podcasts. I remember when we, um, I was a part of this like kind of arts group and we used to put on shows and we invited this non-Christian band to play. And a couple of people were like, why are you inviting a non-Christian band there? And then it was explained to them. It's like, well, this is part of our ministry. Like we're bringing in bands to, you know, grow their audience and their talent, display their talent, you know, and just in that is, is a ministry that we're willing to welcome them. You know, like Jesus would. And they were like, Oh, that, that that's really cool. That's a cool part of your ministry. So switch foot Bach Christian. What about, um, like Scott Derrickson director, Dr. Strange. You can talk about spiritual stuff in that. 
and we get so uptight if the, if a if a song doesn't have enough Jesus in it, the word Jesus. Or you make worship music because it has to fit everyone. First of all, worship is not just music. You go to church. You're if you're a Christian, you're worshiping every second of the day. That that's like the ideal. It's not just when you sit in there sing sing songs, most of which in church stink. Try to fit the radio. Jeez, the the, the listening this morning, and I think part of it could be because it's online, because we're all you know here because of COVID. And, um, they were all out of key. They weren't even singing in key. I'm going to share that with somebody. Hey, share this with your friend. No, it was a great. It was a really good message. Thank you, Pastor Ruben. The music was terrible today. So this idea, and, but two weeks ago, they let it, they were ripping. They were doing like some solos. You know, maybe it was their eight, quote unquote, A team. I don't know. But I mean, they were solid. It was really good because they let the musicians, they let them be themselves to a degree, it seemed. The drummer could go, the guitarist could go. Did some instrumental. I wonder how people felt about that. I know I liked it. I wonder if some people are like you can't do that. I wouldn't be surprised if some Christians got you know worship has to be ABC, has to be fit for everyone, which means it's fit for no one because you just dumb it down and make it bland. We need to chill out. We need to chill out. One of the things that. One of the reasons I think we get so uptight, maybe the way we look at other Christians, how could you dress that way? How could you watch this film? How could you, oh my gosh, how could you have a beer? What was Jesus' first miracle? He was at a wedding. I'd love to have a beer with Jesus. There's a song too, I meant to listen to it, I forgot. I think some country singer about having a beer with Jesus. Is that heretical for me to say? No. Did Jesus drink? I don't know. That's not even the point. Because if you're so against drinking because it puts you out of control or because you shouldn't partake of something like that, then you shouldn't eat all the snacks and candy that you eat. That's Sunday brunch after church. All that fatty foods. Yeah, body's a temple. All around. Don't pick and choose. I think one reason we're so uptight is um, is we're operating out of shame, fear, or pressure. I think we're afraid of being called out or being judged. Christians could be very judgmental. We know that. But a lot of the world thinks we're haters. They think we either just hate everything, especially the LGBT community. And Jesus loves them just as much as anyone else. Um, or they think... Uh, we're idiots because we, you know, follow God, and and that's on them. That part's on them, because we're not idiots for following God. We're, we're smart. We recognize there's something bigger than ourselves. That's other people's ignorance. So you know, when you when you just live your life as a Christian, in whatever walk of life you have, if you're working, if you're parenting, if you're a student. You're proclaiming Christ. So maybe there is a disconnect where you're like, yeah, but when am I going to like really convey Jesus to somebody? 
Because I think they could see Christ in you and notice there's something different about you. And it might cause someone to ask you a question. But you wonder, what am I going to, I think, what am I going to actually like say? I want to approach this person. I think, I think I want to really share about Jesus with them. And the hope and love and grace that he brings and truth. And I think that's where prayers for boldness come in. And I think it's by being ourselves, by being authentic and laughing and not looking around every corner, whether we're doing, you know, checking off every box. We're not Pharisees. Isaiah 55 verses 10 to 11 says, For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there, but water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. The word that comes out of my mouth shall not return to me empty, whether that's a song you sing, whether it mentions Jesus' name or not, or whatever it else it is that you're living. We got to be like Jesus. What was Jesus like? Paul said, be imitators of me as I am of Christ. Paul saying, be like Christ. So what was Jesus like? His first miracle was at a wedding. What did he, he, he was real. He went to a wedding. He had a good time. He was hanging out with his friends. And it says in John that he is our friend. I don't know if you just heard that. My son's shouting. <laughs> He's calling for his mom. I love being a dad, by the way. I do. It's great. You can pray for me for wisdom. Just my wife and I being, um, it's so cool. Jesus was people's friends and he followed God and he followed him well. He'd go off to pray. Let me close with this. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we have seen his glory. Glory as of the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness about him and cried, this was he of whom I said, he comes after me ranks before me because he was before me. And here's the key. For from his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth through Jesus Christ. When we live as Christians, if we want to live like Christ and be like Christ, we need to pray to be filled with grace, which is being more forgiving, being more understanding, having more empathy, having more mercy, being more chilled out, and full of truth that we don't accept sin. We don't let ourselves fall victim to the world and do do something like halfway, but we seek to live both. And in that, I think we'll find joy and live full lives. Thank you. See you next time.